This episode is sponsored by Sprout Living, organic plant-based protein powders. If you listen to this podcast, then you know that we absolutely love functional mushrooms for their wide variety of whole body benefits, including immune support, anxiety reduction, mental clarity, and much more. You also probably know that I am devoted to my daily cup of coffee. Right now, my current favorite Sprout Living product is the Epic Protein Complete Coffee. It's bold and creamy with a touch of sweetness from coconut milk and contains a blend of five adaptogenic mushrooms, including reishi, chaga, mayatake, lion's mane, and turkey tail. So aside from a whopping 20 grams of plant protein, you're also getting awesome immune support and nervous system regulation. I blend it up in the morning with a little almond milk, and it's the perfect way to start my day. I've also been using the Epic Protein Mindful Matcha to make a superfood morning latte that also contains some pretty powerful fungi. In fact, the entire Sprout Living Epic Protein Premium line also incorporates functional mushrooms. The matcha blend I've been using contains ashwagandha and lion's mane. And in addition, it also contains brain boosting nootropics. I add some MCT oil for healthy fats and feel fueled all morning long. What makes Sprout Living different from most plant-based protein powders is that they avoid unnecessary additives that many others on the market use. That means they don't use any gums, thickeners, or natural flavoring, which isn't really natural at all. Instead, they only use real whole food ingredients, which is cool because it makes the blends multifunctional. So if you want to try Sprout Living, you can save 20% off your order by using the code CWPODCAST. Visit www.sproutliving.com and use code CWPODCAST, one word, to save 20%. They also offer free shipping and a 100% money back guarantee. Give them a try and let us know if you love it as much as we do. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. French, and this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Ali experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. This episode is brought to you by NYX, a sustainable and natural mouthwash that aims to eliminate single-use plastic waste while using the highest quality natural ingredients to create a mouthwash that is both gentle on you and gentle on the, our planet. We are big fans of NYX, so much so that I recently brought it with me on my trip to France. NYX is gentle and effective, utilizing real ingredients with health benefits like peppermint oil and aloe vera. They have nixed the harsh chemicals, alcohol, synthetic additives, and preservatives that pollute your body and our waterways. Instead, leaving us with a natural mouthwash that really works is good for you and good for the planet. Each year, over 500 million plastic mouthwash bottles end up in landfills. That's enough to wrap around the earth three times. 
This is why NYX is dedicated to nixing single-use plastic through eco-friendly mouthwash crystals. The mouthwash crystals are lightweight and reduce carbon emissions from shipping. It's so incredible. By choosing NYX, you're keeping yourself and Mother Nature healthy and clean. They also donate 10% of profits to nonprofits that tackle environmental issues and help underprivileged children receive adequate dental care in the U.S. and abroad. There is so much to love about NYX as a company and a product. Product. Fresh breath is just the top of it. And we know you're going to love it as much as we do. If you want to try NYX, you can save 25% off your first order when you visit NYXMouthwash.com. That's N-I-X mouthwash.com and use code CWPODCAST, one word at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. Before we get to today's episode, we want to tell you a little bit about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Erica and I are both certified integrative health coaches and now offer health coaching through the Courageous Wellness Collective. We continued our education and received certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. IIN has taken the lead in the health coaching industry from its inception and provides a comprehensive curriculum that combines nutrition, coaching, and business. We loved the program and have so many listeners ask us about continuing education for nutrition, health coaching programs, or even just enrolling in higher education to learn more about food and nutrition for themselves. So we are very excited to be able to offer a discount to Courageous Wellness listeners to study at IIN. The program is completely accessible virtually with lectures led by health, wellness, and medical industry experts. To receive up to $2,000 off your tuition, you can use our names, Allie French or Erica Stein at the time of enrollment to receive the tuition discount. We have also included a link in the show notes that will take you directly to IIN to learn more about their wonderful programs. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. It is just Allie and I. We are... Yeah, we're having us. We haven't done a solo in so long. We have another one coming next month at the end of October on general wellness. But this month, we... We wanted to talk about as if you follow us on Instagram, if you listen to our podcast regularly, then you know, I stopped drinking alcohol 12 months ago. I took a year off of drinking from September, 2021 through present, which is September, 2022 when this episode airs. And we're going to talk all about my year off of alcohol and alcohol and wellness in general. So we're going to get to that in a second, but before we do, um, we want to remind everyone that this episode is brought to you by milk and honey. We love milk and honey. I actually just restocked on my favorite natural deodorant, baking soda, free aluminum, free deodorant. Um, it was also featured in Vogue's beauty secrets. It's one of Zoe Kravitz beauty secrets is the milk and honey deodorant. It's truly wonderful. Female founded, female funded brand out of Austin, Texas. So you can always save 20% at milk and honey at their online boutique of hyper clean products or at their spas, um, 20% on any spa service. Um, in Los Angeles, all throughout Texas and Chicago. So enjoy milk and honey because we certainly do. (laughs) We do. And before we get into our solo episode this week, I just wanted to let all of our listeners know that we are going to be talking about alcohol, as Erica mentioned. So if you are in recovery or if you're in a space where this conversation is not, um, something of benefit to listen to right now in your journey, please tune in next week because we are um, going to be speaking about her experience in, um, in detail. And also we have listener questions. So it's going to be diving into a lot about that. So I just wanted to offer that disclaimer as well. Um, yeah. And, and again, if it's not in integrity with you or your journey right now, please tune back next week. We'll have a great other, uh, new episode for you. So that being said, let's kick it off. So Erica just shared with us that she took a break um, from drinking any type of alcohol for a year, a year now. And Erica, um, I guess just to start off, can you share with us like what your original impetus was to, to stop, to take a break from drinking? 
Yeah. It's so funny. I just have to say being like in a conversation with Allie and her asking me questions, I like just want to smile the whole time. I'm like, this is so funny being on the other side. Um, But yeah, so I think like many people over the pandemic, I was drinking a lot more than usual. So my husband does not drink. He stopped drinking after college just by choice. He doesn't like the way it makes him feel in our 10 years together. I think he's had a beer or a glass of champagne, but he's not a drinker. So before the pandemic, I didn't really drink at home ever, right? It was always if we were out to dinner or if I was with my friends or if it was social, I would drink. And I'd taken breaks before because alcohol, there there had been moments in my 20s where alcohol just didn't serve me. And to be honest, most of those times, which we'll tie into now, is I was also drinking maybe to deal with my anxiety. And that's always when I knew I needed a break. So I had done pretty much, um, I had taken four months off before. So that was the longest I had ever done. I just took like a, like a summer off drinking. I was like, I'm not going to drink. I need to deal with my anxiety. And that was, I think around 2018. And then I had done dry January. So I know Allie and I, the last few years have done whole 30 in January. And, um, part of that was dry January as well. And so I had gone moments of not drinking and always felt great, but drinking was just, you know, a part of being, young and social and just, it's a part of our culture, which we're really going to talk about too, as we we're going to talk about alcohol in this conversation as well. But, um, so back to the pandemic, I was drinking at home for the first time in my life and I was probably more anxious than I'd ever been in my life. And I, a habit quickly developed. So I was drinking a lot during the pandemic. Like I would open a bottle of wine on the weekend and finish it myself. And sometimes I'd go through two bottles on a weekend. Right. So I was drinking two bottles of wine on a weekend by myself. And that might, I don't, that's a lot. Like it is a lot period. And it was a lot for me. And I don't think I had the awareness that I was using it to self-soothe until 2021 when you know, we were waxed and vaxxed and it was hot girl summer and it was like, you know, re-entry things were beginning. And for our listeners who may know or may not know, um, I have very high risk family who had moved to California, who my husband and I have been caring for. And so I actually ended up having more anxiety with re-entry because I was so afraid of giving my loved ones, you know, I was, I was really afraid of getting sick and spreading the disease and the pandemic still exists. It's just, we're all in different boats in different ways. And so the re-entry, actually the re-entry anxiety, I was drinking so much to be able to socialize, to be able to see my friends, to be, which sounds crazy, but it, I just had so much anxiety that I was drinking to be able to do social things. And it all kind of came to a head on, so my birthday, I will be 34. This episode comes out September 21st. And so I will be 34 on September 22nd, the first day of autumn. So it was my 33rd birthday and I had a lovely, lovely birthday. It was the loveliest birthday, but I drank like all day long because I was out and about and I was self-soothing. And the next morning I woke up and I felt like shit. Like I felt, so I woke up the day after I turned 33 and I felt like absolute shit. I mean, just in general post, I'd say 25 hangovers suck a lot more in my thirties. I literally like, I would have headaches and all of this stuff, but I don't know if it was the magic mixture of feeling like shit the day after your birthday, which is like, you know, I love birthdays. It's your own personal new year. Um, I just was like, what are you doing, Erica? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you drinking this much? You need to deal. You need to deal with your stuff. And so, and I will say my husband was like pretty incredible because he knew I had been drinking like more than I ever had been drinking. And he didn't say anything, right? Like he trusted me. He loved me. It wasn't like his favorite thing to like watch me drink like that, but he didn't say anything. But the next day I sat and we spoke and I was like, you know, I think I'm going to stop drinking through the holidays. That's kind of what 
it originally was going to be. I was like, I'm going to, the holidays are a really stressful time. Um, let's, let's go, let's go through the holidays. Let's go through January and not drink. Right. We'll, yeah. we'll get through January. And, um, and I felt, so that's what kind of was the side effect is I felt so good not drinking through the holidays that in January, I was like, I'm going to go the whole year. And that's yeah. kind of how it started. And we can break down like nuances about it. Cause there also was a moment that we can touch on. I do feel like something shifted in May of this year, mm. um, for me with my anxiety, but this kind of led along this journey of not drinking this year and really dealing and facing with what I was masking through the alcohol that I had never done before. So I definitely was drinking more because of the pandemic and I am grateful that I was able to identify it and stop before it became a problem, like a real problem. So, well, thanks for sharing this all with us. And I think it's really interesting to, you know, it's like, we all have different relationships with alcohol. And as, as we know, some people, um, it's, it's, there's like a familial kind of predisposition for dependency to where it is, can easily become addiction. And then we also know that like habits of any kind can become so ingrained, whether you have, um, sort of the predisposition for like alcoholism, or it's just habitual, whether it's with alcohol, with, anything, right? It could be anything that becomes so sort of like the normative go-to in our life as a crutch. And it was interesting you saying like you recognizing it as a crutch. And and also we know too, from like a physiological standpoint, and you've shared this before, and we've had other people share this too, that alcohol, when we, yeah, it actually does like, you know, take the edge off from like our nervous system when we're dealing with that anxiety in the moment. However, in addition to a hangover the next day, what it can leave um, people feeling is even higher levels of anxiety because it doesn't actually like, it might, it might act, it might kind of slow the nervous system. And, you know, it is a depressant. It might calm you down in the moment, but I know you've shared before too, like waking up the next day and the anxiety, your anxiety ridden beyond so, what it was, whatever. It, and that was what was so interesting because so it kind of all came to a head on my birthday, right? Where it was like, I was having the loveliest day. There was no need for me to drink that much. So it was so clear that I was drinking to mask something, but leading up to that moment, right? It's like everything leads up to, I guess, like the crucial moment where everything is about to shift. But I... I had been dealing all summers when I, so I started probably re-entering around like May of 2021 and my family members who we care for moved here in July. And, um, like a lot was happening actually with my family between May and September. It was actually part, probably, I haven't really spoken at length about it, but one of the hardest years of my life, but really that chunk of time from like May through February of 2022. But when I was drinking May through September, it was like every day was something. And, um, and anyway, I was drinking to mask it, but I would wake up in the middle of the night after. So I'd have so much fun. I was masking it. And then I'd wake up in the middle of the night with like full panics, mm-hmm. full panics where everything I was masking would come back. So that was kind of leading up to it. And it's so interesting too, because, um, you know, Another thing that started changing for me is it stopped being fun. You know, Mm -hmm. like, yes, I was able to have fun because I was drinking, but actually, I don't know. I am a very self-aware person, but even when I was drunk, really, when I was drunk and buzzed, I stopped having fun. Like I was aware. I was so aware and my personality started to where. So as before, I think historically I've been like, I'm a fun bubbly person. And I think I was always just like a fun, happy, buzzy person when I would drink. Um, That stopped happening probably around July through, through like, I was happy on my birthday. So that wasn't the issue. But like when I was around family or if I was drinking or if I was social, I didn't feel good. Like mm-hmm. I felt more emotional. I was crying a lot more. So it wasn't, so something was changing and I was aware enough of it to be like, Oh, like something needed to shift for yeah. sure. But the anxiety massively terrible. And yeah. it's interesting because as we talk about the year off, 
I had it a couple of times. I woke up in the middle of the night with that same panic, but it didn't stay. Like, whereas I would, I couldn't fall back to sleep when I was drinking. Um, I would feel it and I'd be like, oh, you're fine, girl go back to sleep. Right. right. So it was and we like, know it, alcohol disrupts the sleep cycle too. Absolutely. And, um, do you want to, I was going to say, I, I want to, as we have this conversation, make the kind of like, I, I do, I do use alcohol. I do. <laughs> I do enjoy, enjoy it from time to time. Um, although I've actually cut back myself, but, um, I do enjoy it. However, I'm keenly aware of the fact that it affects sleep, especially past a certain amount of, um, of consumption. So maybe one glass doesn't affect it so much, but once we kind of move on to and beyond for myself, I notice it affects sleep. So it's interesting that you're saying you still had anxiety, um, that might wake you up, but you were able to physically fall back asleep, which affects the rest of your day so dramatically. Completely. And I will say too, I think this is a good time to mention, and maybe we can talk about alcohol for a second here before we move on to going off of it for this time. But I also, I wasn't California sober. I wasn't, I, I was completely sober this Explain year. Explain so to I, people what that means if they okay. don't know what California sober is. Yeah. So I think the term California sober means you don't drink alcohol, but you smoke weed, um, or, you know, partake in THC, um, or other like psilocybin psychedelics, things like that can also be tied to California sober. I think some California sober could also be only drinking wine. Um, however, I was completely sober this year. There was no THC. There was no, uh, there was no, there was nothing. There was literally there just no me. substances. There was no time. substances. There was me and my anxiety. And I do take some natural supplements like magnesium glycinate and things like that. But, um, that's not a substance. That's not a mind altering no. substance. That's a um, mineral. <laughs> but to take, maybe we, to put a pin and we're going to talk about, you know, cause there's a lot of emotional stuff that came up this year and we did receive some listener questions that we'll get yeah. to, but you know, I, I love, I've, I've always loved a glass of wine or a really beautiful cocktail, especially wine. I hope to be able to enjoy a glass of wine in my future. And we'll talk about that later in the episode. Um, with that said, as somebody who loves wine, enjoys it and looks forward to hopefully, you know, being in France or Napa and enjoying like real good wine again, it's important to note that while we can talk about, right, like polyphenols are in wine, which are good for you. Um, while we can talk about that, there's different studies, right. That show that a glass of wine or two a night can help your heart and help alleviate other symptoms. Um, I think the heart's the big one. The facts are that alcohol is in fact a neurotoxin. Alcohol causes seven different types of cancers seven different types of cancers. And we'll link in our show notes if you want to see these studies for yourself. But basically the seven different types of cancer is, is everything it goes through, right? Your, your esophagus, your mouth and throat, liver, breast, colon, all connected to alcohol. Also, um, right. It does affect, as Ali mentioned, our sleep. It can affect our brain activity. There's a lot of things that, um, are impacted by alcohol drinking that we don't really talk about because what I also saw this year and what just from firsthand, which we know is we live in a culture of drinking where we enjoy drinking. It's, you know, rosé all day, mommy juice, all of that. So whereas like cigarettes or other things or even food, it's interesting the way we talk about food and how harmful food can be, but we don't talk about alcohol in that same way. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting to note this stuff. And again, um, there are ways to responsibly consume alcohol and there can be benefits to it, but we do want to mention this because it's not mentioned very often. And I think it is an important part of the conversation. I also saw something recently on TikTok where, um, this girl, and I think we, I roll at this all the time, right? Even LA being the land of the $21 air one smoothie or the $17 Haley Bieber smoothie people don't bat an eye to spend $17 on a craft cocktail at a really fancy bar. Or maybe they bat an eye, but there's no like eye roll to a culture around it, right? 
This episode is brought to you by Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste, a toothpaste like no other. There is nothing more important than fresh breath and dental wellness. We've even done episodes on it. And we are so happy to have Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste as a sponsor of the Courageous Wellness Podcast. Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste is a toothpaste created by a real dentist using nourishing and natural ingredients proven to remineralize tooth enamel to prevent decay. The founder, Dr. Jen, isn't just someone who got an idea and made a toothpaste. She's a highly trained and experienced dental professional. As a mom of three kids and a dentist, she knows how important it is to provide safe, natural, and healthy products for our long-term health and development. This is what started her on the quest to find a natural toothpaste that actually works. After not seeing an adequate toothpaste available, she took on the challenge to satisfy this gap. Bringing in her prior experience as an engineer and working alongside chemists, she created the ultimate natural toothpaste using clinically proven ingredients to strengthen teeth. We are huge fans of the yummy toothpaste with ingredients that are good for you and the environment. All products are also made from sustainable ingredients and biodegradable materials. If you want to try Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste, you can save 10% with code CWPODCAST, one word at checkout, when you visit www.drjennatural.com. That's www.drjennatural.com. All information can also be found in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by BASE. Ever wanted to figure out why you are feeling sluggish or bloated or what's really up with your stress levels or why you never feel truly rested? With BASE at-home blood work kits, a simple finger prick or saliva sample makes it easy to find out the answers to common health concerns. Whether you know which tests you want to get started with or you need some guidance, BASE's proprietary assessment quiz makes it easy to begin your health journey empowered with an understanding of your own body. Members can measure, understand, and improve their health levels related to the five most common areas of health concerns, diet, stress, energy, sleep, and sex drive. The result of your hormone, vitamin, or nutrient tests are delivered to you through BASE's app and come with personalized recommendations, including lifestyle changes, supplement suggestions, and more. We both had the opportunity to try base and we love having the information at our fingertips and really recommend it as a resource. You know, we are huge proponents of advocating for your own health and base gives you a baseline information about yourself just to make it easier. Pricing starts at $59.95 per month or quarterly, or you can start with base complete, which are eight tests up front for $450. We are happy to be able to offer our listeners 20% off with the code CWPODCAST. To get started, take the base quiz, which will give you a recommendation for a personalized testing plan. Visit get-base.com slash CWPODCAST to receive 20% off with code CWPODCAST at checkout. You can also find the direct link to the quiz in our show notes. Stuff that we want to mention, and I think hopefully if you're listening, you might be sober curious yourself, even if you're not sober curious, like Ali mentioned, she enjoys a drink. She enjoys a cocktail. She's not taking a year off, but education and mindfulness to anything that we choose to consume is important. As we talk about it's pumpkin cream, cold brew season. I will be drinking copious amounts of pumpkin cream, cold brew, but I also understand what it's going to do to me and how I can support my body in other ways to counter that. If that well, all makes sense. I think you make a good point too. And I had a friend who's like pretty, like pretty strict in her plant-based lifestyle and certain things she just like really is committed to for her health. And also <laughs> she also does injectables. And I, I kind of like was laughing about that with her at one point and, and she made a really good point. And I'm going to put this out there. It's like, we live in a, a world where we are exposed to toxins and our bodies can handle a lot of it. It has detoxification systems like the liver mm -hmm. to, to help us process that. But whether you walk outside and breathe the air in Los Angeles or you choose to put certain things on your skin or you're just like things you're not even aware of that you're exposed to all the time from like household cleaning products, whatever it might be, we are constantly being exposed to toxins. And she, she made a good point where it's like, 
you know, she makes a lot of strides in her health, um, you know, to make certain choices that she has available to her to lower her toxic load and you have to choose your toxins. And so it's like, I think what you're saying too, is like just developing awareness around it. You can consume something that you might know, like you might know that alcohol is a neurotoxin and still to happily quote unquote, healthfully consume it because you have awareness around it. You have the ability to make choice that is like, okay, well, moderation might be key in this, in this place. So it's like just having the awareness where it's like some people, their, their thing might be like, oh, I like to enjoy, you know, a Coke now and then Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, a Coke now and then is not going to be the same thing as four Cokes a day. Well, yeah. And I think too, and I know we're going off on a tangent, but you know, it's, it's it, it, I think it's, it's important. A, it's an, yeah. It's, I think it also creates awareness around not like yucking other people's yums. Mm. Right. Cause it's like, okay, well, like I'm not going to talk shit about someone's $21 smoothie because I just spent $18 on like on this really fancy cocktail yeah. or whatever it may be. Right. And I think, I just think that self-awareness is really important and, and just, yeah, like, like you said, it's yeah. So I'm glad we touched on that. And again, we're not like, I'm going to get to it, but I hope to be able to, and I'm going to find out for myself if I can feel okay, responsibly drinking again in the future. And that was part of my goal too, is I kind of just wanted this reset to deal with my anxiety, to focus on these issues. I was masking completely sober. Right. And hopefully, which I haven't yet. Cause you know, like I said, this episode's coming out September 21st, a year will be my birthday and I'm not planning on drinking on my birthday. So I'm going to go the full year. Um, you know, I, I want to, the goal, I really would like to get back to how I was before the pandemic when it wasn't an issue, you know? Yeah. So, but we'll so see how, if I can. Out of curiosity, how do you feel now almost a year off of it? And are there any pivotal points you want to share with us or observations that you've been able to make um, by not having sort of the uh, assistance or the crutch of relying on alcohol? Yeah. You know, it, like I said, I felt really good after the holidays, which is why I decided to go a year without drinking. Um, I felt really good. And but I felt really good in terms of, right, like different things. Like my skin looked great. My brain fog was better. I wasn't, I didn't have that anxiety. I didn't have those hangovers or headaches. Right. So I felt really good, but, um, it was, there were points, I think, especially in the beginning, it was a hard year. And there were many moments I really wanted to drink because I had created that behavioral habit. So when stressful situations would come up with family members, when I was doing social experiences, I did want to drink and I had to really look into why that was and what I could do instead. And so a lot of that has to do with like, you know, mindfulness practices. I chant, like I said, like I just had to be, I journal therapy. I had to become so hyper aware of my anxiety and what I was masking and be more communicative actually with people in my environment, right? Instead of just showing up to a social experience and like, drinking to mask it. I had to tell my friends, my family, my colleagues, I'm really anxious about this, or this is what's going on in my family right now. That's making me really, you know, nervous about having this experience happen. So it made me really, um, we talked about advocating for ourselves, but it made me really advocate for myself in a way that I didn't have to do when I was drinking, even just simply you know, whenever I socialize with friends to this day, I have them test. My brother's coming over this afternoon to play with the puppy and he's testing for COVID right before he comes. So things like that, I didn't even have the courage to ask for because I was just masking my anxiety with alcohol. So just interesting things like that. Um, do you, do you find that there was like, this is one of the questions that we got, but like, were there any like things that you would say, like that was the hardest part? What was the mm. easiest part about it? Yeah. I'd say the hardest part, you know, an interesting part was, hmm, that, you know, it's like, it's interesting. Cause there were like, I'd say the hardest part was just not drinking. Like it, it, in the beginning, especially when you're in a yeah. social situation and people are drinking, um, 
it's not the easiest, but I did find like having, um, an Olipop or an, like some sort of alternative that we can talk about did kind of help the situation. It's interesting when you tell people the hardest part that you're not drinking and the response you get back, I actually didn't tell anyone until probably March. So I think I had been like about six months. I mean, you knew, obviously, like there are certain people who knew, but I didn't like publicly proclaim that I was going a year without drinking, even in my publicly proclaim in my social circles until March when I had been off of alcohol for six months because it just, A, it wasn't anyone's business, especially when I was dealing with my anxiety and B, once I did tell people, which I had known from the last time I had stopped drinking, um, people have a lot of comments and questions and it makes them reflect it. Like it's, I don't know how to make this make sense, it but can it can be makes, triggering for people. It can be triggering for other people. And I just didn't need to deal with other people's stuff while I was dealing with, like Your I said, stuff. my own stuff <laughs> beyond just the not drinking, right? Like so much was happening with my family and in my life. And so I waited until you know, I waited until I was pretty like worked through a lot of like, I was like, I was pretty firm and that this is what I was doing before I like shared it with the peanut gallery. And then the other thing that's interesting, which I've heard is really common is I would dream about drinking. So I would dream about, I think self-betrayal because I had made this promise to myself to go a year without drinking. I would dream about it. And that was interesting, but I've heard it's really common um, to do that. I don't know what the science there would be, but I think for me, I think it had to do with like being nervous about self-betrayal. This was such a big, this was a really big promise I made to myself, right. That I, and again, like I said, it, it brought forth so much more where like, I was going to tell people and not worry about them being triggered by me not drinking or, you know, having to ask people even to test for COVID, you know, things like that. Like, having to ask and advocate for myself. Um, yeah, it took a lot of courage this year. I'd say that was what was really interesting, but yeah. And, and I'd done that before when I had gone four months without drinking before I also, I didn't feel the need to tell people. It's also interesting if you're listening and you're worried about like going to a bar or being social, if you don't tell people, no one really notices, like you can just like go to the bar and order, um, you know, a club soda, a club soda with lime. And, um, even when I was at like social events and someone would hand me a drink, um, if other people are drinking, they don't even notice you're not drinking it. You can like put it, if it's not again, if you're not in recovery and it's not so like you could put it to your mouth and like pretend to sip and like give it to one of your drunk friends who will happily take it. Like it just, there's ways to do it without announcing it. If it's something that is private to you. And it definitely was something that was private to me again. Like you knew other people knew like the, who are very close to me, but I didn't feel the need to like share it with everybody until yeah. I was about six months in. So I guess that's interesting. Um, um yeah, oh, I was just going to say, I have a question about, we have a few more questions that I want to go to, but first I have a question about, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that you have taken breaks before and you have st- you know, incorporated alcohol into your life before, you know, you're going to do a year, but you also know that you'd like to start incorporating some of it back because you enjoy yeah, wine specifically is something that brings you joy. It tastes delicious to you when you have a good quality glass of wine. How do you have thoughts about how you want to reintegrate it and how you want to, um, do that? Is it in a gradual way? Mm -hmm. And like, so that you can trust the process about bringing something like this back into your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think to lead into that answer, I think I had a, there was a monumental shift for me where I think there was a monumental shift for me in my anxiety in May of 2022 this year that I can talk about. And so, um, again, like I shared a lot of, a lot of my like heaviest drinking came during re-entry because I had so much anxiety, um, social anxiety re-entering society post pandemic due to my situation with my family. And, um, I really wanted to go, (laughs) I'm such a teeny bopper. I'm like, I really wanted to go see Olivia Rodrigo (laughs) with my girlfriend in May at the Greek 
And it was an outdoor concert. So that, you know, made me feel comfortable. However, as anybody who's been to a concert knows, and especially Olivia Rodrigo, it's, it's, it's a lot of children, but it's also a lot of people you're packed, packed next to each other. People are screaming, singing in front of you, behind you, next to you. And, um, and I was going with my friend and I was so anxious about it. And actually the night I went to, um, Olivia Rodrigo was the night after the school shooting in Texas where all of those children had died. And I have, I I have terrible, you guys, I have an anxiety disorder. Clearly this is like, you know, but I, before the pandemic, um, I've been terrorized by the gun violence in America. And I have a lot of anxiety whenever I'm in public places about gun violence in general. And so the fact that I was going to a concert with my social anxiety and my reentry anxiety and my gun violence anxiety the day after this massive tragedy in our country, um, I was so nervous. Like I was so nervous about gun violence. I was so nervous about the pain. I was just like, I was anxious and I really didn't want to go, but I've learned, I don't know if anybody else listening who struggles with anxiety. So there's two things I've learned about my anxiety and I've learned a lot about it this year as well, but you know, fear, learning how to become clear between what is like an intuitive feeling and what is fear and anxiety is, um, I think everyone needs to do that on their own, but I've learned for me that fear is a feeling and fear has a lot of emotion attached to it. And intuition doesn't intuition is just like a knowing that's the only way I can, it's just, it's just a knowing and there's no emotion attached to it. Fear is not that. So I've learned as someone with anxiety, when to push through fear and when it's an, it went not to, because I feel like it's real intuition. So I knew this was fear and I knew this was anxiety. So even though I didn't want to go, I went and I had the time of my life. <laughs> you know, I had so much fun. I sang and danced and I, it was my first concert since the pandemic. And if you've been, I love, like I used to go to music festivals and I love live music and I love concerts and the energy was so infectious and all these kids were so happy. And I was completely sober, right? Like I faced my anxiety. I had faced my anxiety many times up to that point. But like I said, this was the perfect recipe for me to face so much of my anxiety completely sober. And I did. And on the way home, I cried the entire time, the whole car ride home. I just sobbed. Like I sobbed because I felt like I had really transformed Mm. the reason I had been drinking, right? Like I was like, oh girl, you're good. You don't need alcohol. You can have like, Hey, I knew I could have fun without alcohol. That's never been the issue. But I was like, you had like the time of your life and you faced your anxiety completely sober in like so many elements for me of like triggers that would have caused me to drink in excess. Mm -hmm. I cried the whole way home. So that was a big turning point for me where I was like, you don't like, if I hadn't made this promise to myself, I could have maybe incorporated a glass of wine here and there after After that. that. Like, I really felt like that was my, um, if my birthday was like my climactic moment of like transforming my life, this was another one. Like that's something I will really hold on to. Um, because I, I really faced my anxiety and transformed it sober and I trust myself. So that brings me to the reentry question. It's interesting. And maybe in an intro in the future, I'll talk about that, what that was like, or maybe in our next, I know we have a a bonus episode, a bonus Halloween intro coming out next month, um, that maybe I can update everyone in, but you know, I'm a little nervous about it Mm -hmm. just to be completely honest. I, I like Ali mentioned, you know, I believe joy is a nutrient, just like my pumpkin cream, cold brews. And just like, I love wine. I love wine. I think it goes with meals. It's something to be enjoyed with friends. I love wine (laughs) and I miss it. And I do miss it. I miss it. Not because I want to escape. I don't miss it. I don't want to drink because I want to escape or mask something. I want to drink because I love the taste of wine and I enjoy it. So I'm nervous, but I'm trying to hold on to that. Why? Right? Like I'm never things I know is I'm never going to drink when I'm anxious again, period. That's, yeah. that's a no for me. Just like hard limits for myself that I learned. I will never drink when I am anxious again. I will never drink when I'm sad again. 
two things that are like a no. So I'm never going to drink to self-soothe and I'm only going to drink in celebration in the company of friends for joy, not because I'm anxious and, um, to, you know, compliment a delicious meal. Yeah. And everything I just mentioned earlier with Allie about neurotoxins and cancer and all of that, it's actually six types of cancer, not seven, my bad. But, um, again, that'll be in our show notes, but you know, knowing everything I know, you know, I'm not saying I'm never going to get buzzed again, or I'm never going to enjoy like a surplus of wine or drinks with friends. But for the most part, I do think I'm going to stick to a glass of wine, maybe two. And that's kind of it. So I'm nervous about it just because, like I said, last year was such a hard year that it, when it kind of all came to a head and I stopped drinking, I think I have a little bit of, um, you know, loose PTSD around just that year. And I was masking so much of it with alcohol. However, I do trust myself. So we'll see. I guess that's like, I am going to have a glass of wine at some point in the next month. Um, again, we'll update you in the October 31st bonus episode, but, um, you know, I'm excited about it. I'm nervous, but I also, like I just said, I think when I remind myself and I've talked to my therapist, I do have a therapist and I do. So I'm not in any sort of 12 step program or sober curious community, but I have an amazing therapist that I was able to talk all of this out with. And the fact that like, she trusts me, like, she's like, yeah, go enjoy a glass of wine, Erica. I am also very hard on myself. So I know that's part of this as well, but, um, yeah, I think just sticking to those kind of like pillars for lack of a better word for me is like not drinking when anxious, not drinking when sad, not drinking to self-soothe. I think I'll be fine. And so again, and the whole goal of this year was to go back to my pre-pandemic drinking self. And so that experience that, thank you, Olivia Rodrigo, but that experience that Olivia Rodrigo. But you're going helped. forward. You're going to your future. I am. And I have pandemic new relationship. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a female founded and funded brand that began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare products born from the spa. One of Milk and Honey's best-selling products is the natural deodorant, which is loved by Zoe Kravitz and was featured in her Vogue's Beauty Secrets video. I've been using the baking soda-free version exclusively for over two, three years. This gentle aluminum-free baking soda-free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. It never gave me any itchy red bumps when I switched over and passed the smell test even after an intense workout. It truly is the best and comes in two scents, lavender tea tree and lemon vanilla. In addition to clean deodorant, their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, Supergoop, and more. Some favorite products of mine other than the deodorant include Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser, Supergoop Glow Screen, and SPF 40, which I now buy on their site, and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. Their spas are also lovely, and we are both big fans of their spa treatments. And we now offer discounts at both the online boutique and spa locations on all spa and med spa treatments. We are also thrilled to partner with Milk & Honey to offer a Courageous Wellness Spa package called the Courageous Wellness Retreat at a discounted rate. The Courageous Wellness Retreat combines a 60-minute Milk & Honey Signature Massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs, focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing, an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. Courageous Wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any Milk and Honey location with code CWPODCAST. 
Visit milkandhoneyspa.com to find a location near you. And if you want to try the Courageous Wellness Spa package offered at a special rate, use the code Courageous Wellness Retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. You can also find all the information in our show notes. And I have this month, it's so interesting. I have a lot more. I'm traveling internationally for the first time since the pandemic. I'm going to do that without alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, I have other concerts and things coming up without alcohol. So I I trust myself and I know I can do it. It's just, um, yeah, I'm sure if anybody's listening who has done this, because I I also feel like I could be the type of person, I guess we'll all find out together. (laughs) You know, I could be that type of person you hear where they're like, oh, I have like six drinks a year or I have, you know, like I just once in a while, I feel so good not drinking that I guess we're going to figure out what my new relationship with alcohol looks like. But yeah, there's definitely no world that exists where I wouldn't enjoy a glass of wine. So, um, yeah. So, before we like start to wrap up, can I ask you a few more of the questions that we got in? Um, yes. One of them, not to like, listen, people have questions. I'm glad they ask them. Honestly, it always takes me sort of by surprise at this point, how much people are interested in this next question as I preface mm-hmm. it. But like, you know, and it makes me sometimes a little sad that this comes in, but I'm just spe- speaking honestly from my own point of view. I get that it's something of interest yeah. still. For people, but you, you got quite a few questions of, did you lose weight when you Mm -hmm. stopped drinking? Yeah. And, um, so you talked about some of the other physical changes like your skin and, um, you know, maybe less puffiness, but were there any other sort of physical, uh, results for you? Nope. I did not lose any weight this year from not drinking (laughs) and yeah, not, not a pound, not like not one pound. Um, so I just, if that's, you know, if that's your why for not drinking, I don't think it's a very good one, (laughs) but you know, whatever your why is again, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say that whatever your why is, is your why. And I don't want to judge that. But again, as we know, if, if you want to make any lasting changes, um, yeah, I know. I, you know, that's not, not, that's not one of them. And, um, yeah, I did not lose one pound. That's the answer to that question. And we did get it a lot, actually, even in my circle, that's like the number one question I get is like, well, how much weight did you lose? And, um, but there are like my skin, other things, if you know, my skin looks so much better and I look at pictures of myself and I was definitely puffier and my eyes, I don't think were as bright. So, I do think I look different, but I did not lose one pound from stopping to drink. Um, And then the other thing I just wanted to, um, this is more of like a practical tip because I know this doesn't work for everybody, but you mentioned that this works for you. And I think it's becoming so much more common, which I actually think is a really positive thing, Mm -hmm. but alcoholic drink alternatives so that we don't need to like give up what people associate the social component with like going for drinks Mm -hmm. um, or having drinks with friends, but we can give up the alcohol if we want to. So what were some of your alternative drinks? Um, and I know that a lot more bars now are, um, Mm -hmm. incorporating, um, mocktails, but like nice ones. So can you share with like us, maybe some brands that you enjoy? And again, as we preface in the beginning, like this isn't for everyone. I know that some people, if you're in recovery, like you don't want something that like mimics a cocktail. So, um, yeah. Learning but if it could be good for someone, any brands that you recommend. Absolutely. Just to mention in our conversation with Starla, which is a non-alcoholic wine, and we did a whole episode with them in April of this year. Um, you know, she mentioned the founder, how for some people, alcohol alternatives can actually help them stay sober. And like Ali just said, for other people, it can be a trigger back into drinking. So, um, we aren't recommend if you are in recovery, like it, please like this isn't for everybody, but, um, it definitely does help. I also will say the first time I did have non-alcoholic wine this year, I got a placebo effect and I felt buzzed. So 
I don't know if that was what that was from, but again, if you are in recovery, um, just maybe talk to your sponsor or someone before entering that path. Cause I did, I, I had a glass of sparkling, non-alcoholic, um, white wine and I felt fully buzzed. It might've also oh been the gosh. bubbles too. Cause that can kind of the effervescence. Well, and the kind smell, of cause that. it smells like that's, what's great. There are a lot of alcohol alternatives out there. So I can share some of my favorites. I also will say I went to more coffee shops this year than I've ever gone to before. And even though I know caffeine isn't great for my anxiety, it was just like something to do is like, you know, so I did drink a lot of coffee, I think more coffee than ever this year, but alternatives. I really do enjoy Starla who was on our podcast. So for non-alcoholic wines, there's Starla, which, um, their sparkling rosé is my favorite. And then I also really enjoyed Shirley is the white sparkling wine. Um, that gave me the (laughs) the fake placebo buzz. Um, can you Forex is another one. Again, they have euphorics and botanicals. So it also gives me gave me a relaxed feeling when I would drink it. Mm. Um, I don't like all of their flavors, but the summer bloom, which is their like rosé flavor is definitely my favorite. Um, at most restaurants, they can, a lot of places have mocktails on the menu. And one of my favorites had them made with botanicals. So I would always ask, um, like even fancy, like I go to Santa Barbara all the time and the Rosewood Miramar there has a whole mocktail menu. The San Ysidro ranch has a whole mocktail menu. Um, and theirs are made with like real botanicals. So that was really cool to be able to do, but to be honest, um, Oh, and like Heineken 0% beer tastes exactly the same. I had a random beer craving this summer because all of my friends were, um, like going to like breweries and drinking beer and there was like a 0% Heineken available and it tasted exactly the same and it felt like I was partaking. So, um, Heineken 0%. Um, but to be honest, my preference out of all of this is really just kombucha. Like I really enjoyed just drinking kombucha in a wine glass and, or a sparkling water in a wine glass. I put, I put coffee in a wine glass, just kind of making it this special feeling, but kombucha is my favorite, Mm. um, of it all, but those are some alternatives. And I know that was a popular question as well. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of really good alternatives. And, and even like now there are, um, like sparkling elixirs that are low in sugar, but have maybe adaptogens. And as Erica mentioned, like botanicals that you can actually get some like really wonderful sort of health benefits from, but also are tasty and fun to drink too. So that's kind of like the nice alternative in this, in this sober curious movement, or at least having options that are non-alcoholic. I'm a big fan of club soda. I'll drink it all day long with a lime in it. But like, if you want something kind of less boring and like, you don't want to drink soda, like I know for so many years, it was like, oh, it's like the only alternative in a bar is like a soda, which like a lot of people don't want, you know, for their own reasons. I, I don't drink soda. And, and I was, yeah, I was surprised too. It's interesting. Like as much, I was still surprised when I went to, um, like a, like a wine area, like, and there was like a, kombucha place brewery thing. And, and I go to the bar and I'm like, do you have any non-alcoholic options? And that's literally what they said. They're like, like soda. <laughs> it's like, no, like, you know, but more yeah. and more places do have more it, more but have you're it. right. It's, um, and it's always good to just bring your own. Like I would bring my own stuff everywhere because it is just fun to be a part of it. But, um, yeah. And, and who knows, you might, you might, um, expose someone else to something that they enjoy as an alternative too, if they want yeah. that option. So, um, Anyway, I think this was a great conversation. I'm glad. Thank you for sharing, you know, your experience with this. I think we all look forward to like maybe in a future intro, how some reintegration with wine or some drinks in your life, how that's working for you. If anything comes up or struggles you didn't anticipate, but I think it'll be interesting to kind of touch base with you in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, Yeah. To see how you're doing and congratulations on going a year. I know it's It's so um, awesome. It's crazy. It went by really fast. Um, and you know, I think that's the other thing is a lot of times, as I mentioned, just to end on this is, um, when, like I said, I did want to drink in the beginning, right. When stressful things kept coming up, someone, I forget who told me this, or if I read this somewhere, but, um, it was really helpful where instead of being like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to go the whole year without drinking, or, Oh, I'm going to go three months without drinking, which was my original, 
plan. Um, it was just one day at a time. It was yeah. like, I'm not going to drink today. today. I'm not going to drink today. And then tomorrow I was like, I'm not going to drink today. And um, just take it one day at a time. And I think that really helped a lot, especially and in the I, beginning. I think also like as integrated nutrition health coaches, like that's a good example for any sort of lifestyle change. Like it's not about like anything more than what we have, which is really today. It's not about a year from now. It's not about six months from now, but your example of like committing yourself in this way one day at a time really shows how the long haul, like the small steps on the daily basis can really transform over time habit. Because habit is hard to break and we all have them and habit is hard to change and habit is hard to develop too, all of that. Um, so seeing how you really like took the time to transform the habits, you took as much time as it took. And I think that's a good example that could be applied to anything. Like I know I'm right in the space right now where I'm really, really trying to incorporate more um, like more fitness into my life because I at one point was feeling so wonderful from having it. And that fell off a little bit for me in the pandemic. And I'm, I felt the results of like being more sedentary and sitting and it gave me hip pain and like things that I don't want anymore in my life. So I think your example through this story in this year just shows that like the little daily things can really add up and make it transformation over time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Thank you, you. Allie. Thank you. And if you guys have any questions or want to get in touch, you can always, you know, send us an email and yeah, we'll see you next week. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.